The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. If you have your Bible, go ahead and flip it open to Acts chapter 2. Click over to Acts chapter 2. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm so grateful that we can be together. I'm also grateful, I really am so grateful for all of you who are tuning in today, watching with us. I want you to know today as I share this message, uh, we haven't forgotten about you. Uh, We understand why you may be doing what you're doing. You may be in the higher risk and and you're not ready to come back yet. You maybe just are not comfortable with it yet. And if that's you, I want you to know, we want you to know, we support you in your decision. We totally totally do. We also want you to know that we welcome you back with loving arms when you're ready to come back and and assemble with us. And we see it as so important and and are looking forward to seeing your face and and being with you. I was on a Zoom call a couple weeks ago with some pastors uh, from churches kind of all over America. And the question was asked in the Zoom call, like, what's what's the takeaway, your biggest takeaway as we move back towards and start to transition more towards you know, what was normal before. And immediately it just, it just rose up in me what, what I am so grateful for. Over the past eight weeks, the thing that I recognize now more than ever is how important this is. When I say this, I'm talking about this time we have together to come together as a church, to assemble together as a body of believers in what's called the family of God, to worship God, to exalt Jesus Christ, to connect with one another, it is, it is so vital. It's vital to our lives, and it's vital to the world around us. And so today, I want to talk to you about why going to church matters. Why going to church matters. Because I think that there, there may be some people, and you could argue that, you know, we've been doing this online thing, and it's been, it's been good. You know, it's worked. There's been, I, I believe there's been a grace and anointing for it. And, and, and there's some people that may argue, well, why don't we just keep doing that? Why assemble anymore? Why come back together? You know, why don't just make that the new normal? Well, I want to show you today why we can't do that. Why we have to be pursuing and working towards a transition to assemble again and come back together. Why it's so important to go to church. I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've had some good times during this eight weeks of of, of, of being away and, and, and have church at home. You know, we've, we've done our thing to make our online experience as close to New Song as possible. So our house, you know, if you're like us, we, we get up, we have kids' church with our kids, we get into it, and then we had our church service, and we'd put it on the big screen, we'd turn it up as loud as we could get it, so that while worship is going on, it feels like New Song Church, because we like it loud in here. I hope you're okay with that. We like it loud because then you don't have to hear yourself and other people sing. You can hear David and these guys. They sound good, right? So we do that at our house because I don't want to hear me sing and I don't want to hear Sarah sing. So we got to crank it and we're getting it, you know, turning graves into gardens up in our house, singing. And then the feed goes out. And so you're like, you turn graves into, it's like the most awkward. You're just vocally naked. And like you just kind of, me and Sarah both just kind of die out and then you're just going, and it kicks back in. So it's been good. Like we made, we've made the best of it. It's been good, but it's not as good. Like I, I think we can all be honest. 
This was good this morning. Being here, man, it was so good. And there's a reason why we do this. There's a reason why it's important that we go to church. The Bible tells us this in Ephesians 5, verse 25. It says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Church is called the bride of Christ. And one of the reasons Jesus came to this world and lived the life that he lived and died on the cross and rose from the grave is so that he could establish the church because Jesus knows something you need to understand. If you're gonna get where God wants you to be, you're gonna need to do it in the context of a local church. And we're talking about going from here to there, right? We're in a series, from here to there, that God wants to take you from wherever you are today to a greater place, a place of, of promise, a place of purpose, a place of, 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 of good things taking place. Even if you're in a good place now, God has something better for you. If you're in a bad place now, God has something better for you. But in order to get to that place, in order you, for you to get from here to there, you need to be connected to the local church. In fact, if you're taking notes, jot this down this morning. My purpose is tied to the local church. The purpose God has for your life is connected to a local church. Now think about this for a minute. Think about all the things that we see in scripture that we're told to be. Things that Jesus taught us. We're, we're called to be salt and light. We're called to, to, to help the next generation to come up and understand the things of God. We're called to serve other people. We're called to, to help people who are in need, the widows and orphans and people that don't have it as good as we do. We're called to take the gospel message to, to the world around us. We're, we're called to do all these things. And I want you to know the primary vessel through which God helps that stuff get done is through the local church. God wants to connect you to him and to a group, a body of believers, so that you can walk in the purpose that God has for your life. Now listen, those of you who are watching online, my intention in this message is not to make you feel bad for not being here. Far from that. It really isn't. Uh, I, I really do. I want you to know we honor your choice to, to do what you're doing today. But we do want all of us. Here, here's my prayer. Here's the, what the Holy Spirit kind of placed on my heart. I don't want to ever go back to how it was before. I don't want what was normal before to be the new normal. I want there to be a new normal for all of us that we have such a desire to be in the house of the Lord that nothing will keep us from that. That's what we need to go after. That's what we need to pursue. That needs to be our heart to go after that. And so I want to show you today some, some benefits that come with going to church. And I also want to, to talk a little bit as we start on what the church is. Because I think one of the reasons why sometimes we struggle with the idea of why to go to church is because we don't really understand what the church is all about. Okay, so let's talk about what the church is. And to help me illustrate that, let me tell you what the church is not. The church is not a building, and the church is not an institution. Jesus didn't die on the cross for a building. <laughs> Jesus didn't die on the cross to create a little club. Jesus came to this earth to establish a family. And the church is not a place you go to. It's not an event you attend. It's a spiritual family that you can belong to. And we see this idea echoed throughout Scripture. Acts chapter 2, I heard you turn there. I had you turn there. We, we see this idea here, and we see it over and over again in the context of, of the New Testament, the idea of what the church is really designed to be. Look at this with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who believed, so that means that they've made Jesus the Lord of their life. They've, they've chosen to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They believe what Peter said were baptized. That means water baptized and added to the church that day. All the believers, check this out, devoted themselves. Everybody say devoted themselves. 
That means they committed themselves. Look at what they committed themselves to. To the apostles' teaching. What's the apostles' teaching? That's the message, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's biblical teaching from the Bible. That's what they devoted themselves to. They were committed to that. They were committed to that. And to look at what else they were committed to. And to fellowship. Connecting in community with other believers like themselves. And sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. They worshiped together in the temple each day and met in homes. So notice they met in some large group settings and they met in some small group settings for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So notice some of these words in here. They believed, they were baptized, they were devoted, they worshiped, they, they fellowshiped, they ate meals together. This is the idea that we see all throughout the New Testament church. And the idea here is that these people... We're not just going to a service. They were committed to something. And and so here's your definition. Go ahead and put that up there, guys. A church is a group of baptized believers who are joined together in a commitment to help each other fulfill God's purpose for their lives. That's what the church is designed to do. It's a place we can come together. Baptized believers, people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're baptized. means they're, they're going public with it. They're going, they're letting other people know. They're joined together. In a commitment to help each other fulfill the purpose God has for their life. To worship God. To love God. And to help other people come into the family of God. That's what we're called to do. And so, so recognize that the church is not a building. It's not an institution. But it's also not just some dude over here doing his own thing. His own little God thing however he wants to. It's, it's a part of, you're a part of a family if you're a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And so I want to give you three reasons why it's so important that we go to church. Three benefits that come from being in the presence or in a place like this. And I'm giving away my first point, but it's this. Number one is that when you come to church, you are in God's presence. Now, understand this about the presence of God. God is omnipresent, meaning that God is everywhere present at the same time, all the time. In fact, the Bible says it like this, Psalms 139 verse 7. It says, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, Sheol just means hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. This verse, here's what it tells us. You can't get away from the presence of God. If you go to heaven, it's there. If you go to hell, it's there. If you go in the depths of the sea, it's there. If you go to the highest parts of the galaxy, it's, it's there. God can be here with us today. He's omnipresent. He can be here with us today. He can be in Istanbul. He can be on the moon. He is omnipresent, right? But he's also, the Bible tells us, he's also inner present. That when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the presence, the spirit of God comes to live in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Apostle Paul says, don't you know that you yourselves, everybody pointing to yourself, say he's talking to me. You yourselves, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you. Isn't that cool? God comes to reside within you when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Okay, so God is omnipresent. He's also interpresent. But then there's also a manifestation of the presence of God that God wants you to experience. And one of the great ways that that takes place is when you come together with other believers and God will actually manifest his presence in a setting like that where you, you feel, you can actually feel the presence of God. Now, now, hear what I'm saying here. As Christians, we don't, we don't chase after our feelings, okay? Because feelings are fickle, right? So we don't run on feelings. But listen, it is good to feel what you're running on from time to time. 
And one of the things that can take place in church is you come into an atmosphere like this with a body of believers worshiping God, connecting with God, and, and you can feel the tangible manifested presence of God with you. You can feel the love of God. You can feel the acceptance of God. I don't know about you, but as we were worshiping earlier, I could feel the power of God. The joy of the Lord is hitting me. The love of God for, for me, the power of God is on display in those moments. And Jesus actually tells us that that's something that, that happens when you're a child of God. Look at this, John 14, 21. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Yes. Manifest, that word manifest means to come into view, to make known, to exhibit to view. God wants a manifested experience where you actually come to feel and experience the presence of God in your life. And we see this in the Bible when the Bible talks about creating a place for God. In fact, in the very beginning of the Bible, uh, in, in the book of Exodus, I think it's 25, we've got God giving instructions on how to build this tent that's going to house his presence. And as he's giving them instructions for what this tent is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to be built, he also gives them insight into what's going to take place there. Look at this with me. Exodus 25, verse 8. And let them, that's talking about the people of God, make me, that's talking about God, a sanctuary, a dwelling place, that I may dwell among them. Now look at verse 22. And there I will meet with you and I will speak with you. So God establishes this idea here. That something will happen when, when people come together in a place that's built for the worship of God. And then Jesus echoes this idea later on when he says, if two or more are gathered together in my midst, I'm there with them. See, here's the thing about God, okay? You need to understand. God goes where he's invited. God wants desperately to be invited in your life. In fact, Revelation 3 tells us that he's standing at the door knocking. He wants to be in your life, but listen, he won't go where he's not invited. The good news is you send Jesus a, an invitation, you send him out a party request to come to your life, he's going to show up. He wants to show up. He's waiting for the invitation. But so often we don't invite him. In fact, there's a famous preacher, a guy named A.W. Tozer from years ago. He has this quote that I love. He says, there will be no manifestation of the presence of Christ without acute desire. God waits to be wanted. Sadly, he often must wait so very long. God shows up where he's invited, but sometimes we don't invite him. And so as a church, I want you to know as, as a church here at New Song Church, uh, we desire the presence of God to show up. In fact, we say as a church that we are a presence-driven church. And, and here's what that means. We are driven to pursue the presence of God. We, we, we kind of, here's, here's the analogy that we use. We talk about how church is kind of like Thanksgiving, right? If you've ever hosted Thanksgiving at your house, here's how it works. You got to make a place for everybody that's going to come, don't you? You find out who's coming, and then once you know who's coming, you, you have to make places for them. You got to set a table for the little kids, and that table has to be different, you know? You got to have little plates and little cups and little settings for them. You know, you got to cut the food up so that they can eat it. And then you're going to have the big table for the big people. And, and, and if it's a family, there's all different ages in there. There's, you got to make a place for grandma and grandpa. And you, you, you may need to cut the food up a little bit different for them, they, you know, depending on. But you want to make a place for them. Listen, the church is a family, right? 
And, and as a church, we want to make a place for everybody every week. We work hard to, to make a place for the kids so when they come here, they can receive of the, the message of Jesus Christ. We're not babysitting back there. We want them to, to enjoy the same word of God that we're enjoying. We just have to break it down for them a little bit differently. We want everybody in here. We don't want a church of just young people. I don't want a church of just 40-year-olds like me. I want older people and younger people. I want all generations here because we're a church family. And so we work hard to make a place, and we want you to feel welcomed when you, when you come here. I hope that you experience that. But I also want you to know that you're not the guest of honor. That Jesus is the guest of honor. And while we make a place for all of you, we make a special place for Jesus. Because listen, if he doesn't show up, what are we doing? We're totally wasting our time. You know, Exodus 32 and 33, there's this amazing story where Moses has gone up to, to Mount Sinai. He's receiving the Ten Commandments. And while he's up there, he's up there for 40 days, a long time, the people of Israel just go nuts. They just lose it. And, and they decide to take uh, these, this gold. And what's interesting is the gold that they take is actually gold that the Bible tells us that God put it on the heart of the Egyptians to give these Israelites the gold as they were leaving captivity. So they've left captivity, they, they receive all this gold, and now they take these, this gold and they use it to, to build a calf to worship in place of God. So they build this calf and they're worshiping it. And it's at that time that Moses shows up. And it's just, isn't it just like that? Remember being a kid and you, you're, you decide to make a really dumb decision. And it's right in that moment that your mom opens the door and you're just going, ah, yeah. That's the, that's the people of Israel. So Moses shows up and, and there's this judgment that they receive. And, and then in Exodus 33, we have this this conversation that takes place with Moses and with God, where God says, okay, I'm still going to give you the promised land, and it's going to be what, it, what I said it's going to be. And I'm going to send angels before you and, and make a way for you, but I'm not going in with you. And I want you to look at Moses' response. Verse 15, Exodus 33, he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Verse 16, for, for how will they know that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? In other words, here's what he says. We're not taking another step without you, Lord. Because if we go without you, what makes us any different than anybody else? You know, there's a lot of places you could go this week and you could sit and somebody can get up and they can talk to you and they can give you a motivational speech and tell you things that you can probably apply to your life that will help you to have a better life, maybe a better marriage, maybe a better family, whatever that may be. There's places you can go where you can hear some really cool songs done really well, good music, live music, you know, and get kind of excited about that. But that's not what God designed the church to be. I'm not here to, to give you a motivational speech. We're not here to put on a show for you. We're here to create an atmosphere where you can have an encounter with the presence of God where you can connect with a real, living, loving Jesus who wants to come into your life and breathe life into your sails that helps move you from here to there, from the place you find yourself to the place of promise that God has for you. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important that you go to church. Because there's something about being in the presence of God where you get to experience what God has for you. And I, you know what I love about our church is I hear this all the time. I'll be out in the lobby. I, I'm serious. I don't know how many times I've heard somebody come up to me and they're just like, there's just something about this place. The first time I ever came, I just felt something. You know, every time we, we show up, we get out of our car and you, just, you can just feel 
something. You know what you're feeling? You're feeling the presence of God. You're feeling the presence from God, and you're feeling the presence through God's people to you, God's presence. That's why it's important that you go to church so you can experience a tangible, manifested presence of God. Here's the second reason why, is because you can have an experience with the power of God. Second reason why you need to go to church is because of God's power. Now, we read earlier in Matthew 18 where it talked about how we're two or more gathered together, that God's there in our midst. So when a group of us get together, God shows up. The verse before that says this, uh, verse 19, Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I hope that's a great verse, by the way. Like you should... Remember that one. Come into agreement. That means your faith is, is in agreement, touching anything. So you come together. God says, I'm going to do it. Now look at this next part. This is the verse we read earlier. For. For means because. That's what it means. Because where two or, or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Okay, so, so put these two together. Here's what you see. When we come together and we pray in agreement, God can do incredible things. Why? Because when we come together in agreement, God's presence is there. And if God's presence is there, listen, God's power is there. And some of you, you, you need God's power in your life. How many of you need God's power from time to time in your life? We all do. And yet, we may need God's power for a breakthrough. We may need God's power for freedom, for insight. And then we're like, eh, I don't need to go to church though. I, I could take it or leave it. Is it possible that we're missing out on some of what God wants to do in our life because we're not being obedient to what he's asking us to do and not being able to walk in the power to deliver us and to help us to experience what he has? And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you miss church from time to time, okay? That's not what this is about. I get it. Like, there's going to be weeks that you wake up and your kids are sick. They got a fever. And if they, if they are, don't you come to church, okay? Don't you do that to the rest of us. You stay home. I'll say, well, I'll use my faith. No, no, you stay your butt at home, okay? And there's gonna be weeks that your, your boss comes to you and says, hey, I need you to go on this business trip and you can't be here. And when you're not here, that's why we have the online service because we wanna still be able to connect with you because it's the next best thing to being here. But listen, it's the next best thing to being here. It's, it's not as good as being here. And I think we can all agree on that, right? This was better than the living room experience I've had in worship the last few weeks. It just is. And so we get it still. I want you to know, we love you if you're not here today. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. It's because I want something for you. It really is. It's not that I'm trying to up our attendance or pad the numbers. I could care less about that. It's, it's because I love you and I want you to experience all that God has for you. And there are things that God has for you that can only be experienced by being here. Psalm 92 says this. If you've been coming to a new song, you've heard this verse before. I say it a lot. Those who are planted. Planted means they've set down roots. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord there, uh, 1 Timothy 3 tells us it's the family of God. It's the church. So get this. Those who have set down roots in the church, it says, shall flourish in the courts of our God. That word flourish means that you blossom to the point of fruit. You know God wants you to produce fruit. He wants you to produce fruit that you can enjoy and that the world can enjoy through you. God wants that for you. 
But, but notice that in order for you to have that kind of fruit, it says you got to get planted. It's not applicable to those who aren't planted. Like we all know, if I, I planted some rose bushes a couple weeks ago because I was home and, you know, you got to plant stuff, right? Because Lowe's was open. So I went to Lowe's, I got some rose bushes and I planted them. And I planted them and I, I got the soil ready, I planted them and I've left them there and they're blossoming. They look pretty, don't they, Sarah? You like my roses? Yeah, they're pretty. But, but understand this, if I keep pulling those up and moving them, next week I decide I'm going to move these over here. I keep doing that, they're not going to blossom. They're not going to produce fruit. In order for them to produce at the, at the highest level, they've got to get planted. And they've got to stay planted. You guys tracking with me this morning? Because when you're planted, you get to come in this atmosphere where the presence of God and the power of God can show up in amazing ways. And listen... In the presence of God is the power of God to do some incredible things for you in your life. Let me, let me t show you just a few things. In God's presence, you can experience the power of God's strength. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order that he can strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. In God's presence, you can experience the power of God's joy. Psalms 16.11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy. How many of you could use some joy from time to time? Coming to the presence of God, you experience the power of the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. In God's presence, you experience the power of God's rest. God wants to empower you with rest. Exodus 33, verse 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. In God's presence, you experience the power of God's wisdom. Or let me say it this way, secrets. Did you know that God has some secrets that are hidden from the world for his people? There are, there are things that God wants to reveal to business leaders in the church world, to people in the church that he's hidden from the world for us. Isn't that cool? Look at this. I'll show it to you. Psalm 31, 19 and 20. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. God stuff, got stuff hidden for you. Not from you, for you. It's found in his presence. It's revealed through being in his presence. In God's presence, you experience the power of God's help. We all need help from time to time, don't we? Sometimes we get stuck. In Psalm 40, we see, in fact, this is the verse that, or the chapter that this, this church was named after. When God gave me the name New Song Church, this is the chapter he highlighted from me. Look at this. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently. Let me say it another way. I planted myself. I said, I'm going to stay right here. I ain't moving. I'm setting my feet here, and I'm staying here. Whether I feel it or not, I'm going to stay here. I'm planting myself here. I'm waiting patiently for God to move. I'm not moving unless God tells me to move. I'm staying right here. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock. God wants to pull you out of your mess. He wants to pull you out of your addiction. He wants to pull you out to a place of freedom. Uh, he also brought me out of the horrible pit, the miry clay. It says he, he has put a new song. Everybody say new song. New song. It means a, a new story, a new word, a new message, a testimony of his goodness. We see that it's a testimony because he says, praise be to our God. Many will see it. They'll see it. They'll see the difference God's made in your life. They'll see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. 
and God's presence is your strength. Maybe, maybe right now you need some, some help. You need God to set you free. You need a breakthrough. And maybe that breakthrough is going to take place because you're going to say, God, I'm committed to your house. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be in your presence. I'm going to experience your power. And I'm going to see the breakthrough of the Lord take place in my life. We need to be going to church. Can I get an amen? amen. And here's the third thing. The reason why you need to go to church is because you need to connect with God's people. Now, Judy, amen me there. But it got a little, because here's the thing. You kind of go, well, I got God's presence. And I got God's power, so why do I need people? We all feel that way. I felt that way before. I don't need these people. I'm pastor a church of nobody, I guess. I'm just kidding. I never felt that way. But here's why. Listen, this is important. There are some, some things that God wants to do in your life, things that he wants to, you to experience places he wants to take you to and the only way you will walk in those things is by connecting with other people in the church it's the only way it's going to take place think think back to the creation narrative the be very beginning we've got god creating you know and it goes from day each day it's good it's good it's good it's good it's good until what until man is created and placed in the garden by himself god says that's not good now, he's connected to God, but he's not connected to anybody else like him. And God says that's not good. And later on, there's a story where these people come to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, what's, what's the most important commandment? And what does Jesus say? He says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, or your mind, and your strength, right? And then he says, and the second is of equal importance. What is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says something amazing. He says, on these two that are equal, recognize they're equal, on these two hang all the laws and the prophets. In other words, here's what he's saying. This, it all, this is, you can boil the Bible down to this. What is it? Love God and love people. Or let me say it another way. Have a relationship with God and have a relationship with people. Why? Because there are things God wants to do in your life that can only be done through other believers and other people in your life. Paul talked about this. Paul's, Paul's talking in uh, the book of 1 Corinthians 14 about some of what's going to take place in the church and some of the gifts of the Spirit that can work through believers. And he says this. He says, whenever you come together, he's talking about assembling together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. In other words, he's saying, you, you got these gifts. There's things that God wants to do. He's going he's gonna to give you words to say to other people. doesn't mean you're all going to stand up here, but you may talk to other people, congregate with other people, in a small group with other people, share something, encourage someone. And look at what these things are. Let all things be done for edification. Edification there means building up. So what God is saying here is there are things that he wants to do in your life that are going to come to you. Words he's going to give to you that are going to come through other people. And we, you guys know that song, Once More, that David Terry wrote? How many of you have ever received something from that song? Amen. God gave that song to David, and he brought that song to the church. We sang songs this morning that other people wrote that have ministered to you, haven't they? How many of you have ever had somebody tell you something, encourage you within the, the church, and it, it changed your life? I can think of times in my life when someone said something to me that wasn't in a message, just somebody talking to me, and it totally changed the way I saw life. They built me up. 
See, here's what you need to see. God's saying this, I'm going to give someone what you need. And the only way you're going to get it is by connecting with that someone. And there, there are things God wants you to experience you'll never experience unless you are connecting to the church, unless you're connecting with other people. It's so important that we come together, that we walk in community. One of the things that takes place in community is that we experience the protection that comes with community. I want, I want to show you something. The Bible talks about how we're like sheep, right? You heard that before? The Bible says that you're like a sheep. In John 20, if you want to read this, Jesus goes into great detail about how we're like sheep, okay? So I got this, this picture of a flock of sheep here. Check this out. All right, now I want you to think about something. If a wolf or a lion or some kind of predator was going to attack those sheep, who are the most vulnerable? It's, it's the ones on the fringe, right? The ones on the outside. Now, they're in the flock, but they're kind of on the outside of the flock, aren't they? They're kind of fringing the flock. Okay, now remember what we said earlier? We're like sheep. So my question is, where are you? Are you on the fringe? Do you just kind of go to church whenever you feel like it? Like if, if someone really examined your life, would they see any commitment to the body of Christ, to the family of God? Do you serve? Do you give? Are you in a small group? Is there anything that would be evidence to commitment? And if not, listen, if not, I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm not here to make you feel bad. The Bible also says, like sheep, we all go astray. We tend to stray away sometimes. So what do you do if you strayed away? Here's what you do. Decide today, I'm gonna move to the middle. I'm just gonna start moving to the middle. What, what, what does commitment look like? Start doing the committed stuff. Decide, I'm going to get committed. I'm going to be here. When I, every time I can be here, I'm going to be here. Because I recognize I need to be in the presence of God. I need the power of God. I'm going to be there. I, I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to get in a small group. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to do it. Because I recognize it's important. It's important that we come together, church. And, and when the Bible talks about this idea of us coming together... It uses a word that's very important for us to understand, and that's the word assemble. Yes. It doesn't say we, we gather. It says that we need to assemble. So what's the difference? Well, to illustrate that, I brought something with me. You guys wondering what this is here this morning? Okay. Well, I'm about to show you. This is, get this out here. This is the Lego, this is the Lego Millennium Falcon. And this is the big one, right? This is... Uh, this thing is massive, and it's impressive looking. 7,541 Lego pieces to put this together. It takes on average 35 to 36 hours to put this together. And just so you know, I didn't do it. <laughs> this is our, our, our Pastor Kent. He's right here. He did this. So he's the nerd that put this together. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so <laughs> 35 hours of your life. I'm proud of you. Anyway. No, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. It's, it's awesome. I'm glad it's here. So it, it, what's neat about it is like you, where you're sitting, it, it probably looks cool. The closer you get to it, the more impressive it is because you can see there's so much detail and intricacy and how it all flows together. It really is amazing. Okay, so, so that's the Lego Millennium Falcon. But I've also, in this bucket, is the Lego Millennium Falcon. Okay, now here's the difference. This is assembled... This is gathered. You see the difference? Okay, now think about this. 
in here, I've got all these Lego pieces, and each one of them has its own, you know, particular beauty to it, I guess. It has, it has a value. I don't know what this is, but there's a value to that. Um, it has its own particular strength. And that's, that's good, but in its highest form, when this is assembled together with other pieces like it, it creates something under the direction of its creator, and it, it displays something beautiful that, that you look at and you go, man, that's impressive. You know what the world sees a lot? It sees a lot of this. A lot of people doing their own thing, kind of a mess. If I dump this out right here, you would go, man, somebody needs to clean that up. You look at that and you go, man, that's really cool. Okay, so listen, this is a picture of the church. Every one of you in here have your own individual beauty, your own individual strength, your own individual value. And you're, you're valuable enough that Jesus came and died for you. But in your highest form, it's displayed in the life of the world to see whenever you assemble, rightly assemble, the way the creator designed you to assemble together, interlocking with other believers to create something amazing. And what we display when we come together as a church is not the Millennium Falcon. It's the image of Jesus Christ. Yes. And the world that's, that's used to seeing this mess sees that from afar and they go, wait, what's that? That's different than what I'm used to seeing. And the closer they get, the more amazed they are by what's going on. That's the church, my friends. And this is why we need to come together and assemble together. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's what I've been hoping to do this morning. That's the message God laid on my heart, is to provoke you to something good that God wants to do in your life, through your life. Look at verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling. That's New Testament right there. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much, much the more as you see the day approaching. Please hear me when I say this. My desire was not to make you feel bad if you're not here today. That is not it at all. It really, this is about what I believe God has for us and what God wants to do through us. And I think the danger, if there is a danger that could come out of this season that we've got to be careful of, is that we come out of this season going, well, that was just as good, so I'll just do that. I want you to recognize today how important this is. This is important. Being in the house of the Lord together with other believers, connecting, being a part of the family of God, experiencing the presence of God and the power of God and connecting with the people of God is the only way you're gonna get from here to there. It's the only way we need to come together. We need it, God wants it, and the world needs it desperately. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Lord, we love you and we're so grateful for the house of God, the church, grateful for the family of God that you, you died to establish. And we choose today, Lord, to say we will not forsake the assembling together, Lord. And as, as we all in the different places we are in life start to make the, the, our, our plans and, and, and strategize towards what our future looks like, I pray, Lord, that we will all have an acute desire to assemble together, to be a part of what you established and died for.
in the church. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this incredible, incredible place to come together and experience all that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. If you're uh, watching this online or maybe you're here today and maybe you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd love to pray with you today and help you to connect with God. Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sins. He died to make a way. And all you have to do to be born into the family of God is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And in that moment that you do that, you receive a brand new spirit. You become a part of the family of God and can walk in the purpose that God has for you. So if that's you, you've never done that before, I want to pray for you this morning. If you're here today watching online, would you pray this prayer with me? Say this. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I confess that I've sinned and I need a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life through him. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life. I give you my past, my present, my future, my all. I make you my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.